ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This has got to be like one of the classic lead-ins to Earth, Wind, and Fire song, though. Like, kind of half of them sound like this. This is Shining Star, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Is the artist of the day, Steve. Their drummer, Fred White, passed away yesterday at the age of 67. Uh, he is responsible for the funky beats of basically the entire 1970s for Earth, Wind, and Fire. They do have a, a very uh, it's like familiar disc- sound. It's like disco funk Yeah, something. And you know, they got to the 80s and they said, oh, people aren't doing this anymore? Yeah, we're still doing this. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, we don't care. And it still worked. It, it worked for them. Um, all right, we're, we're uh, oh, we do have them. Uh, let's let's go right to the guest line. Uh, we've got uh, Jerry McNamara joining us now. Uh, Jerry, always great to talk to you. Uh, congrats on the win last night. How are things? Gentlemen, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? We're good. Uh, we've, we've spent the first uh, half hour uh, discussing last night, and, uh, you know, I think you would admit it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but uh, you had one more point than they did. I mean, as a coaching staff, what do you take away from it? Three and one now in the conference? You've won seven of eight, and, uh, and you know, a win is a win, and you move on to the next one. Yeah, you know, I think the one thing that you know, all these years doing this, you know, player coach, um, the one thing that I've learned, you know, above all else is you'd, you'd rather learn in a, in a win <laughs> than learn in a loss. Um, and it was ugly. You know, it was ugly from start to finish. Uh, you know, I think the biggest the biggest problem we had last night was – 15 turnovers. It's just too many, you know, 15 turnovers. And I think they, that led to 17 points off of turnovers for them. Uh, I think we had nine between Joe and Judah, uh, some in the open court that led to easy baskets. Um, you know, we just got to be crisper. We got to be cleaner with the basketball and make better decisions. Um, you know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, we created 21 turnovers and we scored 25 points off theirs. <laughs> But that's kind of, you know, coming into our game, they had 114 more turnovers than assists as, as a team, you know, with, with zero guys having this positive assist to turnover ratio. So we knew that was an area that, you know, for them had been an issue. Uh, for us, hadn't really been an issue. But you got to give them a little bit of credit. They shot the ball really well. In the second half, when uh, we had a couple pretty good defensive stands, they hit some difficult floaters over Jesse. Um you know, but overall it was a little bit sloppy. We had multiple opportunities to corral rebounds, and we couldn't. Uh, you know, kind of rebounds that were coming right toward us. Um, you know, but the, at the end of the day, I talked to Judah after the game. He was the last one in the locker room as I was passing through, and you know, I simply told him, I said, "Listen, you're, you're learning and you're going through this process, and the one thing you got to understand is that every season there's going to be one or two games that you know you drop that you there's no reason you should." You know, and then there's a couple games that you win that you probably had no business winning. And then there's one or two that you bless yourself and say, thank goodness, uh, tonight was one of those ones. And, um, you know, we played a, a pretty inefficient basketball game. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, we were able to sneak away with a one-point victory. Uh, Jerry, the last eight seconds of the game, you mentioned the turnovers, and both teams had one in that stretch. What's going through your mind on the bench? Because that was, I mean, as peculiar a thing to watch as I can recall seeing in a long time. Yeah, you know, it was kind of the perfect scenario in terms of we were trying to get you know the ball to Joe. They did a really good job of denying him, but we had set it up to where, you know, if he couldn't get the basketball, Judah was going to sprint to it. 
perfect scenario, actually, that he got it on the run and was able to burn some time. Um, and then once you get past half court, I think he was trying to cut back to the middle of the court and burn more time. Um, you know, but lost his footing. The ball rolls away right into their hands, and you know you're thinking to yourself, "Oh my God, <laughs> how, can, how can this happen?" We just had the, the game sealed, delivered. We're heading home, um, and then you, you end up in the worst case scenario where they're going downhill with the chance to win the basketball game. So, um, you know, just an unfortunate, really fortunate situation at the end. Um, I understand the theory of Judah. You know, cutting it back, he thinks he could probably burn more time. Smart thing to do would be to hold it, force them to foul. Um, you know, but I understand the theory of his. So, uh, you know, I'm just glad Jesse ran back. I think he got a hand on the basketball, was able to poke it loose. And, uh, you know, again, it was just one of those situations where it's a learning experience for us, for him, uh, due to especially uh, late game situations. I thought we did a pretty good job following up to that. We did a good job. You know, really, that's the one thing about our defense. It's, if we can keep guys off the free throw line, that was another big advantage for us. You know, we took 25 free throws to near 10. Um, so, you know, we, we, there's good things, there's bad things. You know, protecting the basketball and rebounding were obviously the negatives. And, um, you know, in late game situation, we've, we've, you know, it's a good thing that you're able to learn something moving forward and still being able to win instead of lose. You know, uh, Jerry, uh, Brian and I were talking about the, the way that the last 17 seconds played out after Joe made those free throws, and, and you know, I, I completely agree with the philosophy of, of give those fouls, and then you don't want to give up a three, so put them on the line and, um, and, and play it that way. Um, to walk us through what the strategy is in terms of, you know, Brian said, and, and I, I agree with him, like, ideally you don't want to commit that, that last foul with eight seconds left. You prefer there's like five seconds left, but but Louisville attacked and you, you kind of need to make a play there. Can you walk us through, I guess, the philosophy of, of how to use those fouls and when to use those fouls in that situation? Yeah, I, you know, Brian's right. I mean, you know, we had 14 fouls. We had two to give, and we were going to give the third one to get into the, to the bonus, the one-on-one situation. I think when they initially brought it down, I don't know what exactly the time frame was. It was, a, it was 17.2 17. after, after Jordan made the free throw. Yeah, and, and I think, what did we give the first foul at? Pretty I think quick. 13. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th- the biggest issue is because of the zone, there, there's an uncomfortability factor, especially with Ellis, who right over the six-minute mark for the first time in the game, Joe went under one screen and he just pulled a three from deep and hit it to give them a five-point lead. So I think there's an uncomfortable feeling of distance. Um, so it might speed up your process in terms of following because the fear of giving that much space to a shooter that can hit a 27-foot three. Um, so I think you want to close that gap quickly because you don't want to give him a full head of steam to get into that area where he's got comfortable distance to shoot. So um, I think that's a factor because of our defense. You want to close that gap a little quicker. So, you know, you're still working in a manageable time frame with, 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 you know, I think the last foul was given with eight, a little over eight seconds. So um, yeah, you, theoretically you want to run it down as fast as you can. Um, but you also don't want to give them enough room where they can step into rhythm and you're given a foul at the exact wrong time in the shooting motion. Right. Um so, you know, we did the best we could in terms of giving our fouls, but it also gave us the luxury because we played without following of being in that situation in the first place. 
You know, Jerry, we all do this, and everyone listening does this. When Joe has a bad game, like he gets killed, and, and we kill him. Everyone kills him. We know that. Last night he goes for twenty eight. Like, can you possibly put into perspective like what what that performance was on offense for him last night? Yeah, I kind of take it a step further. I, I think the biggest play of the basketball game, we were down one, was when he came in and got a. He had multi, he had seven rebounds, but he had multiple. Right. I think three, three or four contact rebounds, three or four vertical physical rebounds, and none bigger than the last one he got, uh, where not only did he get the rebound, but he created a foul. So we go and from the situation of a 50-50 ball that he wins to now creating a foul down one and an elite-level free-throw shooter with the chance to take the lead, which we did. Um, but he hit two huge threes. Um, you know, the, the one-off, uh, you know, a screen-to-screener play where he comes off and hits a shot, and, you know, then one off a high ball screen. Uh, deep and contested. Um, he just had to look, and you know it, it's pretty typical when when you play an elite offensive game. The energy levels through the roof, and I thought he had some really good stretches defensively too. And you know, none more important than his his rebounding. So um, he he was huge, and we needed every one of them. Uh, it's what you want out of your senior. Um, you know, when guys. Yeah, it's a t- it, it really is a tough situation because they did. Louisville did play really well in stretches and hit shots. Um, and then when you're in a game that you think you should win on the road, and they're playing pretty well, you, I think it's a natural tendency for players to get a little tight. Like man, you know, and, and, and you like your leaders to step up and make plays, and he did. And um, you know, really big time performance on the road. Uh, but I was just really proud of the fact that he stuck his nose in there and played really physical, and even some of his drives. I mean, he took contact on one where he gets blocked, but he went to the shot blocker's chest. He didn't move him much, and then, you know, lands on his back, and then two plays later gets the back door and goes at his chest again and finishes. Um, You know, he had a finish in the paint, uh, a physical finish a few minutes before that, uh, late in the shot clock situation. So uh, he just had a physical presence about him last night. He's a strong kid, and... Uh, he came up big when it mattered most for us. And you're going to need that backcourt to come up big again on Saturday. Um, you know, a unique opportunity going down the road uh, to take on Virginia and a, a team that um, and we, we know all about them and that pack line defense and the way they like to play. They're coming off a loss, so they're going to be in a bad mood. Um, how do you advise, especially Judah, because, I mean, Joe's gone up against Virginia. He knows what to expect, but this will be Judah's first experience against this Virginia defense, the way they like to play it. We know Judah always seems to be in attack mode. Does he have to kind of change his style at all going into this game? I don't. I don't necessarily think he has to change his style. He might have to change when he attacks. Um, you know, their ball screen defense is really you know as good as it gets in, in our game. Um, you know, there's going to be situations where he's going to have to give it up to get it back, if that makes sense. And uh, you know, there's going to be some opportunities that. Uh, you know, where you can create some on twos or four on threes off of the action that he's just naturally going to be able to create. So can he make those reads to give us an an advantage, even though it might be just a quick advantage? That's where you have to try to penalize these guys because they're so good in their team defense. Um, But he can't change who he is at the same time. You know, he's got to take advantage of the opportunities that he has when he has space, get in the paint, make some plays, make some reads. Uh, One of the things that you don't hear a lot of people talk about because it's not an often talked about statistics statistic is fouls drawn um if you go back and look at the the games that we've played look at how many fouls that he's able to draw and it might not always be a shooting foul 
uh, it might be just a drive where he creates a foul. And, you know, that helps in the long term. Do you get him in the bonus early like we were able to last night? And, um, he's an attacker. It's what he is. And, um, you know, he's able to create and, and, and make some things happen, you know, especially in late shot clock situations where you need a guy to go get one. And, um, you know, he's got to maintain who he is, but through that be educated in terms of how they defend and what to expect. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of experience playing against these guys and you know we have a day off today but we're going to have Thursday Friday prep to to get ready for these guys and um, you know we're going to educate them as best we can and, and try to get them prepared for Saturday. Jerry what's your sense of how good Virginia is this year? I think you know they got up to three in the country just because they were undefeated for a while I don't know if they were quite uh, that good but it, it feels like you know last year they were a little bit off for them does it feel like they're more back to you know the idea of being Virginia than, than what we knew them as last year? Yeah, I think they're a little bit better offensively than they've been. Um, you know, I, I, I think some of these teams that they've had had a little bit of liability offensively. I don't see that much with these guys. Um, the, the one thing that you know they are is they're methodical. They're methodical in how they attack, whether they're playing against the man, whether they're playing against the zone. Um, but I think they're as good as any – I think they could beat any team in the country. So, to me, that's a really good team. Um, I think they got up to number three because of the caliber of team that they beat early. Um, you know, they went in a tournament beating two of the best teams in the country. So um, they could beat anybody any night. They're going to hang their hat on the defensive end, but I think the, the separator for this group is I think they're a little bit better offensively than they've been in the past, you know, the last few years with some of these teams they've had. I think they've, they've got a complete offensive group as well. And, uh, and maybe Pittsburgh's better than uh, than we all thought, uh, given on what we saw uh, last night. Pittsburgh knocking them off uh, at the Pete 68-65. They, they just beat North Carolina as well. Um, so, you know, Pittsburgh may be, may be better than we thought, Jerry. Yeah, and they got some experience. I mean, look, look if you look at there's some of these rosters, I mean, look how old Pittsburgh is. Um, you know, the, the kid Burton goes for, what, is it 30 against 31 against Carolina? Um you know, Henson's an older player. Nellie Cummings is an older player. Um, you know, all these guys, they, they've got experience in this game, and if you play tough and together, um, and they have shooting uh, against our defense, they had a guy that can attack at 15 feet. They played really well for long stretches in that area. Um, and Cummings was terrific. You know, we've seen him before. You know, he was terrific against Wisconsin in the, in the NCAA tournament last year for yeah. Colgate. So, uh, they've got experience. They've got physicality. They've got shooting. Um, they have guys that can guard multiple positions. I think the kid Federico Federico has kind of changed the game for them. I know Hugo was a potent offensive scorer, um, but you know, in stretches, could probably be a liability in ball screen defense. And Federico's not. Um, he's he's a long, versatile defender, a lot like they had the kid Gay last year, Gee, however you pronounce it. So. Um, it's a different dynamic, and, and you know they got a couple young freshmen, the twins, um, who you know are, are starting to come on and, and carve out roles. So you got experience with a couple young guys that have bought into your culture, and uh, a lot can happen. You know, and, and this league is, you know, in a lot of ways, it's up for grabs. There's, there, you know, Virginia can beat anybody on any given night. Virginia Tech can beat anybody, but goes into Boston College and loses, and um, you know goes to Wake and loses. Um, you know, it's just it's one of those years. You know, it's kind of the state of the of, of really college basketball. I, it, nothing really kind of surprises you anymore. Uh, teams can get old fast, and then there's other teams like us who kind of have a mixture where we're trying to get older fast through the you know this youth experience. And 
um, yeah, there's just a lot of different moving parts in the league and the country. And, uh, you know, like last night, you can say what you want. At the end of the day, I know I'm feeling a heck of a lot better this morning than it wasn't a loss. That's for darn sure. So yeah. uh, survive, move on, learn. Um, and every game is going to, you know, give you a different test. It's going to be a different game. And uh, you're facing a different opponent that can attack you in different ways. You can attack them in different ways. So it's just one of those things. Pittsburgh's a good team. You know, there's a lot of good ones out there that can beat anybody, and they're one of them. And you know, we want to be in that conversation as well. So we got to learn. We got to learn fast. Yeah, and and to that point, the fact that the ACC is wide open, three unbeaten teams in conference right now. It's Miami, Pittsburgh, Clemson. You know, we're not talking Duke, Carolina, Virginia. It's yeah, it's yeah. Miami, Pittsburgh, Clemson, and and SU's by the way, right next in line, three and one in conference play. Uh, Jerry, thanks for the time. A big opportunity on Saturday. Uh, go get them. Five o'clock tip down there in Charlottesville. Best of luck. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, there he is, SU Assistant Coach Jerry McNamara. And with that, we'll uh, take our final time out here in hour number one. Back after this on ESPN Radio.